Get out the way. Who got a watch? Who got the time? I'm raising the clock. Even in my feelings, grind don't stop. Got big Hi, Sarah. Welcome to Mature Allure. Thank you so much for having me here today. E hola. Hola. Everyone, we have Sarah Bajak with us. She is the owner of a boutique eco resort in Panama. Sarah, tell us a little bit about yourself. Well, I've had a lot of different turns getting me here to my alluring mature state of being an eco resort owner, uh, but it was actually pretty intentional. So I had had uh, a 22 year career as a business executive. Um, most of which was spent in international settings. So I did a lot of travel and I was actually originally raised in a very rural part of Michigan. So I like being in the woods. I like camping and all of those kinds of things. So when I was looking for my next um, path in life, my kids were getting older and I was tired of the heavy travel and stress of a high, a high powered job. Um, I went back to school to become a teacher and I taught for 10 years in the international school community and then got to travel even more. So I've mm. lived in six countries. I've traveled to 60 countries and all that time I've always loved beaches. I've loved woods and I've always sought out those opportunities uh, for my own travel. So from the time my kids were little tiny, I've been dragging them. <laughs> um, on eco-style trips. We've done backpacking, we've done camping, we we went six weeks through Asia together um, when they were in their early teens. Hmm. And I, I just really said, that's kind of what I want to do next. So when I was making my last decision as a teacher, so I looked for my last position, um, I had been in China and in Malaysia. So I was a little tired of Asia, ready to come back closer. And I've always really appreciated the Latin culture. I like salsa dancing and the Latin culture of warmth and, and um, just a, laid back. A, hmm? a little laid back. Laid back, but, but more it's about um, the joy of life. Like there's, mm. there are very few cultures that I've lived in that go down to the basic level and just enjoy life in the same way that the, that the Latin cultures do, and especially here in Panama. So I had narrowed it down to Costa Rica and Panama because they're really good places to be a business person. You can own land, the legal setup is correct, the financials, banking systems are stable. And I got a job at the International School of Panama here. So that was like the deal maker. And so I came here with the idea to work my contract out and then make the transition to finding property that I could turn into either a resort or uh, Airbnb. So that was kind of the, the backstory to getting here. And then, you know, my first month here, I ended up meeting a Panamanian man. His name is Ernesto. Mm -hmm. And he had a camping eco resort up in the mountains. So... You know, I kind of like walked immediately in to the same life that I already really enjoyed um, and into a Panamanian family. Mm. And from there, it just kind of took off. I, I wasn't interested in the mountains personally, and he was quite interested in beach property, too. So we shifted away from the mountain um, model and found this property here on the coast. 
and started the business up about two years ago. Now we've been working on it. But you know what? It's kind of interesting how you said you were making these plans and moving in the direction of the plans of, of what you wanted. And then unexpectedly, here he comes and kind of added to what you were already envisioning and kind of working through and working on making happen. So tell us a little bit about the resort. I mean, you explained why Panama, but tell us a little bit about the resort and what an, a boutique echo resort actually is. So we, we make our own opportunity, right? And mm-hmm. um, I'm a very big believer in leading an intentional life. Like we, we don't always know exactly where we're going, but as long as we're taking steps that get us into the direction that we want to be in, I think that's really the critical piece. And so I knew I wanted to be in the Latin culture. Okay, I got myself here. And yep. then I knew I wanted to find another relationship because I had been single for quite a long time. And so I opened myself up to the idea of meeting somebody, and I did. And then I wanted to be in nature and to be able to kind of give back to the world around me a little bit. And so I intentionally looked for land that was off off grid, right? So in an area of the country that wasn't already filled with high-rise hotels. Mm. So we started a a path. Um, Ernesto and I traveled around the country in a four-by-four you know, truck and on weekends, right? And scoped out different areas, camping and talking to the locals. And in Panama, there's no MLS uh, Mm. system for real estate. You have to know somebody. You have to physically go places and and meet people. It's very rudimentary in a lot of ways if you're outside of the cities. And so we took all those active steps to come here and had toured about 30 properties over about a year period of time. And when the boat pulled up to this particular beach cove, which they call Camaroncito, which means little shrimp, because Mm -hmm. it looks the shape of the beach cove is like a shrimp. Uh And it's right next to a bigger beach cove that is called the big shrimp. So (laughs) you've got the big shrimp and the little shrimp. And so we just Mm -hmm. kept kept the name and that's why we call it Camaroncito. Um, but that's how we got here. I, we pulled in and it just felt right. It felt like home and we ended up camping here with the permission of the owner to get a feel for the place and what, it, you know, we could go through the woods. It's, it's rainforest here. So I mean, mm-hmm. we came with our machetes and, you know, everything prepared. And it was, I mean, we bought it within probably two months. Wow. Wow. And so with that, once you bought it within two months, how long did it take you to kind of get everything ready? Because you said it's kind of rainforest. Um, do you have areas that you've, you have remained kind of the rainforest? And then you have the area that is, you've kind of cleared out or what was it like? What did you, what did you have to do? So we actually bought it like six years ago. So it's been a mm-hmm. long because I was still working as a teacher. I had, uh, I actually worked six years as a teacher. And one of the nice things about international teaching is you get 14 weeks of paid vacation every year. So all of that time, other than going home to visit my kids in the United States, um, all of that time was spent here. And so we would come for a week at a time, two weeks at a time. 
and slowly started to develop the land in a way like we didn't cut down any major trees. We planned the way to set the property up in such a way that we preserved about two thirds of the property is still completely dense virgin rainforest. You can't even walk through it without cutting with a machete. And then about a third of it, we, what they call light clearing. So you pull out the underbrush and the junk trees, but you leave all the big canopy trees. So it opens it up so you can grow food and build buildings and things like that. So we've been very, very cautious about it. Um, but we did it mostly using local neighbor, uh, local labor. Um, there is no road access for hmm. within 30 kilometers away is the nearest access to road. Or electricity or cell service so um, we literally transfer here by boat and we've gotten to know all the local fishing communities and substance farmers the people live here like they did 200 years ago in many parts of the world i mean they literally live completely off-grid without any municipal services at all they cook on wood burning fires many of them still so there's a couple of them who, who have a little bit more sophistication and might have a propane gas stove. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. But nobody has indoor plumbing, as an example, because this is off-grid. There's no, there's no municipal services, right? So yeah. it, it took a lot to, to figure out how to build stuff up and a lot of very physical manual work. I've got great arms to show for, <laughs> for my machete wielding. Um, but we just did it over time. And a year ago, a year and a half ago, I guess, we actually started building the resort. So we had the land prepared. And um, my husband, actually, that's what he did in the, um, that's what he did in the city is he built and remodeled small homes. So he has that skill set. Mm-hmm. So I did all the design work and all the business model planning and, um, and helping and he did all the construction and then I do the website and financial work. So it's been a real act of love to get to this point now. We opened in January of this year. So we're still oh, pretty new. Yeah, well, um, what are, so do you have specific programs? Like if somebody's interested in coming to the resort, because again, like you said, there's no running water and the electricity, no electricity. Do you have specific activities for people? So when they come, you kind of show them around and what there is to do or what what do you suggest when you book guests? Well, we, we streamline the whole process for people and it is not so rough here. So we have yeah. full power, full solar power. So every, okay. we have four beachfront cabanas plus a big social area and restaurant and bar. And then we have our permanent home, which is a two bedroom, two bathroom home. And mm-hmm. all the buildings have individual solar systems. So we, we have a refrigerator with an ice maker and a washer, washer and dryer, industrial size washer and dryer, mm-hmm. um, and all the comforts of being on grid just because we've designed it properly. So we have our own water system, our own water sterilization system, uh, over the years, we planted a big food forest, so we produce enough plantains and bananas and yucca and pineapples to feed not only ourselves and our guests, but we give a lot of the food away because we, we produce more than we can consume. And we buy 
from the local communities, the chickens they raise and the fish they catch. So a lot of it is locally sourced. And we go back to the city once a month to stock up on mm -hmm. things that we can't get locally, like good red wine and, and, <laughs> you have to have that. and, and whiskey for the bar. Yeah. And, uh, you know, and Kalamata olives and cheeses, you know, things that a high quality restaurant is going to have because we, we pride mm -hmm. ourselves on a pretty high level of, of culinary um, creativity. Um, mm -hmm. But we, we turnkey everything. So the customer doesn't have to know anything. They just show up to the airport and we pick them up at the airport. And we give them a tour through Panama. They get to see the Panama Canal and cross the bridge and do a little sightseeing along the way. And then when they arrive here, they have their private cabana with solar power and a refrigerator and a coffee service, and a fully stocked mm -hmm. mini bar and hot water shower. I mean, it's really very comfortable, but you're in the middle nice. of nowhere. I mean, it is literally, we are in the middle of a rainforest on a completely deserted Caribbean beach. And so it's a real dichotomy of things, but it's what I used to seek out as a traveler. So when I was traveling, I wanted to find those places where I could be away from the world, but still be comfortable. Yeah. It's a you great know? unique experience. Mm -hmm. It sounds like, you know, if you travel a lot, but you travel to places, like you said, this is kind of a way set, set up, set away from everything. If you want a real vacation that you're away from it all, this sounds like the type of vacation you should, someone should take. Well, we hope so. It's what yeah. I personally like. And the guests who have been finding us are seeking. So, I mean, that's actually the feedback. Of course, as a good business owner, I say, how did you find me? And like, we don't do any paid advertising. We're not listed on booking.com or any of those places because we're a pretty unique niche place. And the, the yeah. individuals who are seeking an eco resort and are seeking rainforest experience and deserted beaches are actively looking for those things. So yeah. it's not that hard to surface on the first page with organic search because I'm a pretty unique business. And there's only a few that are similar to us in Panama and none of them are close. So, you know, there's one on the Pacific coast and there's one in the mountains and then we're on the Caribbean coast. So, um, so finding a guest is more about having it be available because it's that, again, it's that mix because the people who can afford the kind of travel required to come here also expect really good food and they expect yeah. quality service. And like our, our sheets are 400 pound cotton Okay. So, I mean, it's like yeah. that kind of comfort, but yet yeah. it's the kind of place you never put shoes on. Like you mm. just walk around barefoot all the time, unless if you're going to go into the rainforest for a hike or, or take a horseback ride and then you need boots. Yeah. But um, yeah, it's, it's kind of a difference and it's the opposite direction from a lot of what's happening in society where everybody's become so polished and so plastic and so artificial everything. We yeah. tried to take it the opposite way and, and try to be as authentic as possible. So what are the pros and challenges of running a eco-resort, a boutique eco-resort? Uh, the pro is I get to live here. I mean, yeah. it's, it's beautiful. And I personally like the rainforest. So like, because it's a rainforest, we have rain almost every day, mm. but it doesn't last all day. 
Like it seldom rains all day. So I have a brother who lives in Seattle and he's like, Sarah, it rains all day, every day here for months at a time and we never see the sun. But here I see the sun every single day for at least mm -hmm. a couple of hours. So it kind of depends on the time of year. We have a drier season and a, a wetter season, but it's just lovely to live here. You know, it's always yeah. 75 to 80 degrees, always, mm. all year long. Like, it wow. doesn't get hot. Like when you guys are having those terrible heat waves in the we States, are right chopping. Now. yeah, <laughs> it's 85 degrees here. It's just, beautiful. yeah, it's, yeah. it's so, almost a hundred right now. <laughs> so people ask if we have air conditioning. I'm like, you don't need air conditioning mm -hmm. here. Like we have fans, but there's always a breeze. Okay, so the positive, I, I get to live here. And um, and my husband and I are actually really happy being able to have a farm here. We've got horses and we've got, we grow food. And so we have that piece of our life. But then we also get to host really super cool people because the, the type of guests that is attracted to come here tends to be a pretty interesting person too. Yeah. So, you know, everybody's a little different. Some people want to be very quiet and and have a lot of solitude and maybe do a lot of bird watching and other people want to learn how to salsa dance and drink around the bonfire until midnight. Right. So yeah. it's a big, it's a big swing, but we have fun being able to host people because we're, we're both pretty social people too. And we're very small. So we only can host up to like 12 people at a time. So it's, it's much ask, more like yeah. visiting. Yeah. It's much more like visiting a family member or good friends than it is going to a hotel. Very personal, mm -hmm. very small. Downside is we are in the middle of nowhere. So in order to go home, go into the city to get supplies, you know, I'm on a boat for 45 minutes and yeah. you know, that gets expensive and it's also just kind of inconvenient. And my almost 60 year old hips are not always so pleased with having to <laughs> bounce up and down if the weather is rough, but um, yes. we've, we've been investing a lot in our local community and we've been driving an initiative to build a road here for the last two years. And we got the first round of cutting done and we're helping to raise money to, um, to put creosote down on it and build some bridges so that we should be able to come back and forth in a four by four. We hope within another year or so. Nice. Mm -hmm. Nice. So for someone who might be interested in starting doing something like this, starting a boutique hotel or an Airbnb or, um, or not an Airbnb, I'm sorry, a bed and breakfast. Mm -hmm. Somebody that might be interested in starting like a, a vacation type resort area. What is some advice that you have for them? Well, first of all, you've got to love that kind of work. Mm -hmm. Like if you don't love taking care of people and solving problems for them, like, you know, we had one set of guests, their, lug their luggage got lost. Mm. You know, so here this guy shows up, he has only the clothes on his back. So, so, and we're in the middle of nowhere. It's not like he can go out to a store someplace. Yeah. So you have to resolve problems for people. So fortunately he could fit into my husband's clothes. And so we literally threw a bunch of stuff freshly into the washer for him. So it would be nice <laughs> and freshly washed. And, yeah. and he used Ernesto's clothes while he was here <laughs> for five days. Um, wow. And, and you have to, you have to want the work. If you're going to be in tourism, you have to want to take care of people and make them happy. So like, I love to cook it. There are a few things that, that delight my soul more than seeing people 
love the food I've made for them. Like it mm -hmm. just touches me inside in a very special place. It's, it's a, a, my language of love, right, yeah. is, is being able to cook for people and provide them experiences. So that's the first advice is don't go into a business that you're not going to love every day um, because it's hard work. And if you don't really love it, it's going to, the shine will wear off really quickly. Um, the second of advice is something everybody says, but nobody listens to is that you have to prepare to fail and recover and fail and recover at least a couple of times. So have plenty of bandwidth in terms of mm -hmm. finance and resources at your, at, at, at bay, because if you throw everything in to just trying to get the doors open and then the bank account is empty, the reality is, is no business starts right away. Yeah. doesn't matter how good you are. doesn't matter how many five-star reviews you have. It will still take a long time. So, so just be patient with yourself and plan on it. So mm -hmm. fortunately, I had some entrepreneurial experience in my past, and I have several friends who've opened tourism businesses. So even though it was new to me, I kind of knew what to expect. And like we made a financial plan that we would be fine if we had zero guests for an entire year. Mm. Right. That nice. kind of runway is really what you need. And so if you're not prepared for that, then maybe you're not ready to start your own business because it's, it's not as easy as it look, might look on the outside. Yeah. Or as glamorous. I mean, you think of it because like when I think of this, I'm like, oh, oh, this is so amazing. And how nice, how awesome. And a, a lot of the things that you've mentioned, I hadn't even thought about just being so isolated, just having to, like you said, take care of everyone that's there and, you know, the food and getting people out there, getting food out there, making sure they're comfortable. I mean, and also maintaining a place in the middle of the rainforest. I mean, I would think that takes some um, effort too. Um, <laughs> it does, but we have really good workers. So because okay. we've, we've been here, we've been coming here for six years. So we have a very positive relationship with the local fishing villages. Um, mm -hmm. And over time, we've trained our workers. So we have two like full-time dedicated workers plus another dozen or so that we can bring in for project-style work, like to put a new building together or to do a round of beach cleanup. When there's a big storm, garbage mm -hmm. washes up. Yeah. Right? It comes from the ocean. We don't generate it because there's no people here. But yeah. then it takes, you know, a lot of people to come through and pull it all it all off and keep it clean because we you know we pride ourselves on this being a really pristine nature uh, nature experience mm -hmm. but you know so part of the investment about being a business owner too is it's not just about satisfying customers it's also about caring for the community around you so you know we've invested in helping to improve the school of course i'm a former teacher so we've mm -hmm. donated not only money but also i arranged for my former school, which is a school that caters to wealthy people, um, to donate school supply, like old school supplies, all the lost and found items, books that the library is giving away. So we bring boxes of love to the school here 
Um, every year we get a, a set of donations that we can bring through and it's more than the school had ever had ever in their history wow. um, to support the students. Um, so we do that, we helped with the road building. My husband helped to put in an aqueduct system that brings water into the city, into the Pueblo, instead of them using, having to pull it in buckets from the river. Uh -huh. So, you know, we've, we've really invested in the community around us as well, which doesn't generate any revenues, but it does create an awful lot of goodwill. And it feels good. Like, you, yeah. you can say, I'm really helping other people um, to yeah. have a better life. And, you know, when, when one of my core workers says, my daughter has decided to go into, originally she wanted to just go to business, because she's actually putting... Her youngest through college using the income that we supply. Oh, right? wow. So she's got yeah. these three daughters. And um, her daughter actually has decided that instead of just business, she wants to go in the local university in the city of Panama, started a new program for sustainable tourism. Oh, nice. And so she's actually decided that that's what she wants to do. And um, she wants to come and be able to do her internships with her. And, you know, that feels good because you become yeah. a family with people. It's not just a business. It's a yeah. family as well. And and that's also advice to somebody wanting to start a business. Um, I'm sure you've experienced it in your own um, enterprise is that mm -hmm. you, it's all the people around you and how you live your life. It's all together. It's not like you just go to a job and clock in and then leave your job and come back. Your, your, your profession becomes your life as well. And yeah. so if you don't, if you're not intentional about that, you can find yourself either resenting it or, or you can find yourself overwhelmed pretty easily because you do have to put a few lines. In. I'm so sorry. It was my daughter. Penny, no man. That's okay. So we've had quite a few strays find us here. I think they talk to each other and say, hey, she feeds you if you show up there. Uh -huh. So we've got quite a few dogs that, that roll through here. Um, this one happens to be ours. She's asking for her dinner and she's two hours early. Um, so I apologize for the bark. Um, oh, that's okay. Okay. So sorry. I think I answered your question. You you did. You did. Um, what is it that you personally love about living there? But not about the business, but what is it that you personally enjoy? Um, part of it is that I, I love the beach and the rainforest. So I love the, the solitude. Like I walk on the beach almost every afternoon. It doesn't matter mm -hmm. if it's raining or sunny. I, I just love it. You know, it doesn't have to even be for a long time, maybe only 15, 20 minutes. Um, in my office where I'm sitting now and overlooking the window, uh, overlooking the rainforest behind me, uh, it, I watch birds all day long. Like there are toucans here. You know, the things that you see that are theoretically tropical that are on yeah. pictures, well, they live here. And <laughs> like out of my window, I'll be like, ah, oh, there's the toucans back. Like we've got a fan. They must be nesting nearby because these two come through all the time now. And there's monkeys that come more and more because they've realized, wow, they, they grow lots of extra fruit and food there more yeah. than normal in the rainforest. We've got banana trees and um, um, 
like endless coconuts, but all sorts of different fruit trees, mango trees, avocado. And we grow enough partly to let the animals come and steal them because Mm -hmm. like that brings the animal life, which we want for the resort. And just because it's super cool to be sitting and drinking your coffee and look up and there's capuchin monkeys jumping from tree to tree and chattering at you. That yeah. sounds cool and scary yeah. at the same time. So. Oh no, <laughs> there's nothing scary about it. There's nothing okay. dangerous in these. In these, okay. um, yeah, this rainforest here, the the biggest critters are what they call cats. They're mm-hmm. like a a big weasel, basically, but they would be of no danger to a human at all. Mm-hmm. So, what advice would you give someone? Because this sounds like a dream life to me. It sounds like a dream. It's work, of course. Everything is. But what advice would you give someone who has a dream, whether it's entrepreneurial, lifestyle, relationship, that they hope to become or make a reality? What advice would you give them on making that possible? So besides the practical planning of saving up, because you need capital, Mm -hmm. um, and building your network. So have that network of people that you can depend on for moral support. for advice, you know, your, your, your peer group, we can't always pay professionals for everything. There's a lot to be said about having your, your support system put in place. So that's mm-hmm. part of it. The other part is to do a lot of real hands-on research. I mean, things don't just happen on their own. You, you have to learn. So like, I'm a huge YouTube fan. That's how I found you was on YouTube. Yeah. <laughs> I was looking around and I'm like, oh, that's pretty cool. Um, mm-hmm. Now I know it's mostly a podcast, but I found you on YouTube. Because yeah, I, and I, that's I, thing it is. yeah, because I learn a lot from YouTube. You have to be willing mm-hmm. to say, I'm stupid. I must learn this from scratch. Like, yeah. I'm not stupid, but I'm ignorant about this topic. I must learn from scratch and yeah. be willing to, to be the student again, even at at a riper age, you still have to be willing to, to be a newbie um, in trying out new things. And that's, that's actually, I think, a good thing. Like you said, you have to be willing. And I think people are becoming more and more willing. Like years and years ago, it almost seemed like people were set in their ways. It's like you reached a certain age. This is what you do. You retire. You do this. You sit. You grow old, maybe gracefully, maybe mm-hmm. gracefully. But now it's like... YouTube is there, like you said, as a resource. I've always wanted to do this. I'd like to try to do that. I'd like to learn how to make this or make that. Um, Why can't you? There's nothing stopping you but you, you know? It's it's all about mindset. And, you know, that comes into another piece of advice, especially for for more mature uh, men and women, but especially for women, is that we're going to live a long time. Yeah. Like, from the genetics in my family and my current health level, it's very likely I'm gonna to live to 90. Mm-hmm. And um, of all the people who I know who are maybe the generation above me, um, mm-hmm. who are maybe in their 70s, who retired, not all of them, but many of them are quite unhappy because they mm-hmm. spent their whole life working and not really doing a whole lot of playing or maybe not even having a whole lot of real hobbies um, because they were so busy working. And then all of a sudden they retire and it's like, okay, now, now what do I do? Yeah. Right. So, so at least, especially for, 
for women in their 50s and, and 60s, I think as you're making decisions about where you're going to go next, those decisions have to assume that it's something you can continue to do into an older age. So that was actually part of our strategy here. So we built our home on purpose to allow, for instance, if you need to use a walker, yeah. like the doorways are all expanded. Mm -hmm. I know that sounds kind of crazy for somebody who's not quite 60 yet, but you know, you have to build that in. And yeah. there's a running joke amongst my group of girlfriends is that um, once I can't do the work myself anymore, because now I really like doing the cooking and, mm -hmm. and guest care, but when I can't do it anymore, I'll, I'll bring in a couple extra people, bring in a physical therapist if I need to, bring in a nurse if I need to, <laughs> and then all my, all, uh, all this group of super cool people can all come and grow old here and transition the beach resort into being an old farts farm. <laughs> that's kind of what we call it but um but really there's a lot to be said about thinking in advance how can i transition this business into something that will support me and allow me to keep an interesting and challenging lifestyle beyond my physical labor years yeah and and, and that's very that's very important because you mm -hmm. when you said that people are living longer they really are. I used to work in the insurance industry and we talked about how there's more people over a hundred now than there ever have been. Mm -hmm. And, you know, you just have to start preparing for just being around. Even if you have an ailment or illness, there are medicines out here now that are just keeping you alive. And you know what I mean? So, so yeah, I had not thought about making the preparations to move into that old age. Yes. Yeah, so see like what you're doing. You can keep doing this or some variation of this. You can change the flavor. Yep. You can change the setting. Maybe in the next generation, you're going to be doing it with 3D holographic models and sitting with people, you yeah. know, in a physical, who knows, right? With the way technology is moving. Yeah. But, but you've, you've set a career for yourself or a, a professional path that will be flexible for you. As you, yeah. as you choose to do other things with your life, either for physical reasons or for just interest. And so, yeah. you know, I think setting yourself up to have steps that can be sensible doesn't mean you have to plan for that. I haven't hired a nurse yet, but, <laughs> you know, I, I tried to take into consideration in the design of the buildings and even of the cabanas, how would we... How would we transition this into a place where older people could come? Um, in fact, I, I talked to a woman the other day who specializes in travel. I am so sorry. You need no ma'am. Just a second. Mm -hmm. um, she specializes in travel support for people with disabilities. And she helps them to identify places to go. And disabilities can mean somebody who's got a bad hip and can't handle stairs anymore. Mm -hmm. Right. So, you know, we took that into consideration in, in how we built our facility that right now it's all sand paths, because right now you come here to be at the Sandy Beach Resort. You never have to put shoes on. But at a later later stage, if I want to keep running this business and I'm getting older and need physical support, well, I can transition my business into attracting more guests like me. Yeah. And And who says you have to go to an old folks home? Right. So, 
Yeah. So, you know, my mother happens to be in assisted care at this point because she has enough um, degradation in her um, mental capacity because of Alzheimer's that she can't care for herself anymore. But but there's an awful lot of people that end up in institutionalized care because there's not another path for them. So, yeah. so who says our generation can't think a little differently about that mm-hmm. and say, mm-hmm. I don't want to go to a facility, but if I want to be independent, that also doesn't mean being isolated in my house and just having a nurse care for me. Maybe yeah. I create an environment for myself where I can invite other people who share some of my same interests and lifestyle needs to come and share my environment and, and bring in medical support systems or what, whatever. I mean, it's just ideas, but that's part yeah. of the fun, right? Is thinking about all of the options that could be available. Exactly. Exactly. Um, so let's talk about your connection to the earth. I heard you say you have forces and things like that. Tell us what makes it so strong. Why do you feel you have such a strong connection to the earth? Part of it might just be my upbringing. So I grew up in the Upper Peninsula of Michigan where there are um, way more deer than there are people. And um, and I grew up with absent parents. Um, but both of my parents have some mental illness issues. And so we as kids were pretty self-sufficient. Like we took ourselves into the wood with packed peanut butter sandwiches for the day mm-hmm. and literally we're at a catered park, but like real forest, <laughs> like the or, real forest, real forest. Yeah. And I, I grew up that way. So like I could build a fire with wet wood before I was 10. Um, and I know how to fish and skin a rabbit and I mean, and all those kind of practical life skills, like wilderness survival skills. And so I grew up with that and I crave that. So as an adult, mm-hmm. even when I was a, executive in the tech industry, I still took my kids camping on the weekends um, because it just feels right to me to stay connected to the ground. And I've always gardened, like I've always grown my own food, at least a little bit, even if it's just planter with tomatoes and herbs. Um, And I think our society has maybe lost track of that a little bit. And even though from a practical setting, Still, most people from a, in, in order for the earth to support everybody, people do need to be centralized in, in city states. I mean, city environments, the urban environment is far more efficient. Not every, there's not enough land for everybody to live like I live, right? We have yeah. 16 acres here. Um, but if we preserve these wild spaces and allow other people to come and experience them, then you can have the best of both worlds. You can dwell in the city where it's efficient for society and you can have the lifestyle you want, um, but you can also still come to wild areas. And so um, for me, it's really important. Like I have no interest in living in a concrete city again. I spent quite a few years living in high rise apartments in Beijing, China. I was up on the top floor and there was concrete as far as you could see, but there's something really special about sleeping to the sounds of the wilderness, you know, birds. Yeah. And, mm-hmm. Yeah. Like you said, I mean, even when you mentioned having two cans and it's like, I can't even imagine that right now. Like it sounds beautiful. You know what I mean? To just kind of be sitting there and like, yeah, 
then you're never going to find that in the city. That's for sure. <laughs> so, um, I was going to ask you what it's like to live your dream last, you know, what, it, what is it like for you? So on the one hand, it's just super cool because for all of my adult life, people have been listening to me say, I'm going to start when I have my resort or when I have my bed and breakfast, I've, I've been talking that for 30 years. Okay. So it's not like it was a new idea, but so not only have I gotten here, but I got here with a man who I love, who loves me. And I never thought that I'd have that either. Mm. You know, after having gone through like a really long marriage and then a not so nice divorce. And then I lost another person who was really important to me. And I kind of mm. thought, okay, you know, I'm, I'm in my early fifties now. I'm okay being single. Like that's fine. Mm. I'm happy with myself. I've got lovely children and lovely friends. And then I just decided, well, at least I can have some fun. Like, let me find somebody I can go out dancing with or, you know, get to know the Panamanian culture a little bit more, you know, get my Spanish down. Right. Mm -hmm. So, so I opened myself up to that idea and boom, there boom. he comes. So, and we just have really a lot of fun together and, you know, being in a relationship or being single, I think both can have their positives and their negatives, but if you can have both together, like he's my buddy and my friend and my playmate, even though I wasn't looking for him, he came yeah. in and it just makes life that much richer. So both of those sides of my dream are there and my kids are independent and ha healthy and happy. And honestly, I'm not sure that there's much more that you can aspire to as a human than having raised productive, healthy, happy people too, to take on mm -hmm. that next level. So yeah, I, I feel very, very blessed, very fortunate to be where I am. Although, you know, not every day is easy, mm -hmm. right? It's hard. That's it's hard life. living That's here. Life. Yeah. But it's certainly interesting. Yeah. Like, time yeah. flies. I never get bored ever, ever. And, and that's the thing. If life, if you're going to have days that aren't going to be easy, they might as well be easy within your dream life. I mean, not easy within your dream life, you know, mm -hmm. versus having them not be easy. And it's like, ah, oh, I hate what I'm doing. I hate how I'm living. I hate this. All right. You know, not that you want to use those words. You always want to try and find the positives, but yeah. I, I agree. I agree. But even when you find your dream life, there's no such thing, really. Like every circumstance has its challenges. And, you know, living at the beach sounds really cool. But guess what? It means it's always humid. So mm -hmm. like you can't have leather anything. Because what well, does leather do? It molds. <laughs> yeah. But I mean, that's even the case in Atlanta, right? If you have if you have a pair of leather shoes and you leave them in your car for a month yes. in the trunk and you forget about them, they're going to be all moldy because of the humidity. So, and everything has this trade-off. And you know, what's interesting, <laughs> I guess, is your internet still on? Cause mm -hmm. your, your picture went out, your video went out. Oh, I'm so sorry. I can still see you. That's okay. Because I really, what I wanted you to do was to let people know how they can reach out to you for inspiration to come book a vacation a destination vacation stay with you guys how can someone get in contact with you well we have a website so camaroncito.net 
And uh, we have a lot of information on there, a lot of photographs, videos, all of them we take ourselves. We did not hire a professional photographer, so they aren't always the perfect quality, but you know they're genuine. Mm -hmm. um, and we have social media as well. So um, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, YouTube. If, if we got it, if it exists, we've pretty well started it. Um, and, and then if Perfect. somebody's interested well, in I'll having an sure experience. No, go ahead. You went out a little bit. Go so ahead. You, yeah, I'm sorry. Do you have the video back or is the video still yeah, off? The, video, the video's back now. Okay. Because I've been able to see you the whole time. But it is, so we have a Starlink satellite system, which is really fast and speedy. But when it rains, like there's a rain system that's going through at this moment, it mm -hmm. choppies up a little bit. But, mm -hmm. but it's fast enough that we can have people who come here as digital nomads. We had a, a woman come from um, Mexico. She actually was here for two whole months working, oh. like literally working as a programmer oh. on from working on the beach. Okay, so here's the source of the noise here. This is Pam. Oh. I'm sorry. She wants my attention. She doesn't often get ignored as much as I've ignored her in this last hour. I'm sorry. Spoiled children. Okay. And she's like, I don't understand. Why aren't you talking to me? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, I'm so sorry. <laughs> okay. So it has been totally lovely um, getting to meet you, Sherry. I, I've enjoyed yes. your your podcast and I, I really like the topics that you've picked. You've been wonderful about showing how mature women can lead a more fulfilling life, including by rounding themselves out with different experiences, you know, be that fashion or, or wine or um, kind of personal self-help and self-development. You had a, yep. you had a, a doctor on or a counselor on, I think for two different sessions and I found that mm -hmm. to be really valuable. And so it's funny you. because you're, you're more than welcome. I enjoy it. It's funny because I had someone on earlier that will be coming up soon, you know, be uploading the episode soon on dating. And she mentioned some of the same things you said about opening yourself up, putting yourself out there. Uh, so yeah, I, I'm really enjoying it. And thank you. Thank you very much for being a guest. I appreciate you. Yeah, and on that dating subject and being authentic. Yeah. You know, one of the problems with technology is it allows us to put a mask on mm -hmm. really easily in a way that you can't have in person. And that's dangerous because if you use a fake mask to attract somebody, then that's the person they're being attracted to, not who you really are. Yeah. So not, not only for dating, I mean, that, I think that's for everything. That's authenticity in who we are. So, so, you know, whether it's how you run your resort or how you run your, your podcast, it's about mm -hmm. your own personality and how you choose to, to package who you are with what you bring to, to your clients or to your friends or, or to your listeners. Yep. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, again, Sarah, I thank you for taking the time from your rainforest. One day I'll have to get there. I'll have to get there. You I can. don't know when. That would be so nice. I would love to see it. We'd love to see it. So again, thank you. And I hope that you have a wonderful afternoon.
Thank you. Thanks for listening to this episode of Mature Allure. For more information about us, visit matureallure.net and get social with us on Instagram and YouTube at mature.allure, Facebook at For Mature Allure, and Twitter at mature underscore allure. Till next time, we encourage you to stay positive, embrace who you are at every stage of your life, and always tap into your mature allure.